D'Addario coiled instrument cables produce a warm, classic tone. Thanks to its 30-foot length, you get a higher capacitance cable and a springy, flexible package. Vintage sound and vintage style, all coiled up in one. John Bolger with Premier Guitar. I'm with Josh Smith. We are at Nassau, right? Yeah, in, yes, we are. Yeah, yeah, pretty international waters right now. <laughs> That's right. I think our first official international oh, uh, right. one was mine. Nice. Man, you sound killer. I, I uh, know you, I've seen you a lot with as a telly guy yeah. with, I think, this very telly, right? Yeah, it's been this one for almost 15 years straight, this guitar. High miles on that thing. And if you've seen me in those last 15 years, 98% of the time, it's probably with this guitar. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. you know your way around that thing. <laughs> Thanks, man. Let's hear the whole crazy story. Yeah, so this is made by Bill Chapin. He's from Portland, Oregon. And um, it's the second guitar he ever built for me. Wow. And growing up, I was a Strat guy most of my life. Sure. And uh, until I got this guitar, it kind of made me realize I was a telly guy in denial the whole time. <laughs> right. And uh, this guitar, when I met Bill, he's one of those, you know, we all know these luthiers who are like, you know, crazy geniuses. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this, the first conversation with him was that way. Like, I knew he knew what I was talking about and he would build me something special. Yeah. And he said to me that day, the second guitar I ever build for you will be the guitar. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so he built me a Strat first. Yeah. And then I quickly had this tour coming up with uh, Taylor Hicks, who won American Idol, back when I was still doing more sideman work. Yeah, yeah. And I needed a telly. I had sold the last one I had. And I told him, hey, can you throw together a telly for me quick? And he said, well, uh, to make it fast, it's got to be a solid color, blah, blah, blah. I said, just spray it black. So he sprayed it this thin one coat of black, put it together very quickly. And yeah, he was right. Second guitar <laughs> I ever built from me has been the number one since the day I got it. That's yeah. great. So. Looks like big frets, right? They're Stumac number 154s, which I like because they're kind of in between 6105s and 6150s. Yeah. They're tall, but not quite as wide. And uh, I like them really crowned up to yeah. a point, so it's almost time for these to go. Uh, this guitar's been refretted probably seven times oh in, my God. in 15 years. Wow. That's mostly because of the strings. Yeah, they look like heavy wire. Yeah, man. they're 13 to 58. Oh, yeah. What? Are you in standard you pitch? In yeah. standard. Oh. Yeah. I've been using that gauge since I'm 15 years old. Dude, yeah. you were, that is a lot of work. <laughs> that is a lot. That's lot. part of the reason I like it, actually, is yeah. the, the, it makes you kind of like not phone it in yeah. on a gig. All right. If you're not in the mood, it puts you in the mood real quick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so I like that aspect. And the, and the tone and the stability doesn't oh, yeah. hurt as well. Well, you know? it, it yeah. just sounds killer. What other, uh, what other ingredients? Okay, so basically it's a 50 style telly, so one piece ash body, one maple neck. This is a Lawler in the neck. It's a model he doesn't make anymore. I think it used to be called the Classic 15 years ago. Now it's maybe called the Vintage or something. I don't know. Um, and this was wound by Bill who made the guitar. Oh, cool. And it's kind of that mad scientist thing I was saying before. He, 
he'll wind a pickup if he doesn't think something off the shelf will give him what he wants. And he kind of knew from hearing me play that first guitar what would work with my strings and with my picking and all that. And uh, so this is a mixture of Magnus too. It's Alnico 2, 3, and 5. Oh, wow. Uh, flat pole. And yeah, it just works really great. And uh, these are titanium saddles, which oh. also help with the strings. They've lasted a lot longer than brass would have. And uh, other than that, it's really, really a straight telly. The, yeah. the, it's a nine and a half inch radius. Okay. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's a pretty straight up 50 style Telecaster. Very cool. Yeah, that is that is fabulous. Okay, now this is the one you're, you're number one and then yeah. number two over there. Yeah, so this Strat, my dream guitar growing up was a 57 Strat. Always sure. was my dream. Yeah. I like the, the V-necks. Sure. I like the mixture of the alder body with the maple neck. Um, and there was one that got away. Yeah. And I've told the story a few times. It was at Chicago Music Exchange. It sat there for two years, and at the time, the vintage market was up here, Whoa, right. 40 grand, you know, it was right. a completely stock, yeah. you know, that's out of the realm of the working musician's sure. uh, pocketbook. So I kept tabs on it, but then it sold. Um, anyways, I was going through some stuff, and my friend Ron Ellis, a great pickup maker, uh, as a gift, commissioned Mark Rudders, this guy who makes guitars in San Diego and, and hardware, to build this guitar because Ron had a 57 in his shop at the time that was really great oh. and they copied it. So ignore this. Uh, it's, it was built by my friend oh, Mark okay. Rudders and it's a 57 Strat style guitar with Ron Ellis pickups. Oh, very and it's cool. definitely my favorite Strat without question. Yeah. Oh, great, great. Yeah. Well, but so do you switch per song or say break a string? No, no, no. Um, the last 10 years, I was so like only this guitar. Right. And now I'm, I'm open. I'm, sometimes I'll bring a Les Paul, sometimes I'll bring a few. And having the Strat again is making me play differently in certain ways. And so I like man. having it for this song, that yeah. song. And that's the weird thing about when I bring a Strat or a Les Paul or a 335, they make me think about so much stuff. It's like mm -hmm. when I pick up a Strat, I can't help but think about, you know, Stevie Ray and Hendrix right. and Ronnie Earl and all yep. my heroes that play Stratocasters. When I pick up a 335, my first thought is B.B. King or Larry Carlton, you yeah. know? When I pick up a Les Paul, I'm thinking about certain things. When I play this guitar, there's no thinking involved. Yeah. So I always feel more like me on this guitar. Right. Yeah. Huh, that's interesting. You know, you wonder, you wonder, is it the, the tone of the instrument that's influencing that sound, or are there certain sounds that just come down to guitars and like Larry Carlton sounds like that yeah. because of these three thirty-five. I think it's partially both. I yeah. mean, it's it's the influences. I can't help but erase those. Right, you know, we've right. been listening to them our whole lives. So yeah. it's like, but then also, yeah, just that tone comes out when when I I, don't, I have a tube screamery type pedal on here yeah, yeah. that I don't love tube screamers anymore. But with a Strat, yeah. I have to. Yeah, with that yeah. neck pickup tube screamer thing, it's just that sound, you yeah, know. Yeah. And it makes me play a different way. I feel like a thirteen-year-old listening to Stevie Ray Vaughan in my bedroom, <laughs> right, you know. And right, totally. So I like sometimes the guitars put me in that different headspace. But when I really want to be me, I will play this guitar. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Okay, now we're or is this backline amps today? These are backline amps. Okay, yeah. so right now you've got a super and an AC30. But uh -huh. what do you normally run? With I your use rig? Morgan amplifiers. Okay. Uh, Joe Morgan, who used to be in California, and he moved to Nashville now. Um, I've been using them almost ten years. Oh wow! Uh, he has a small Josh Smith amp that he sells. That's like a Princeton reverb called the JS12. Oh cool! But my big amp is the JS40. It's like a super reverb. And I use that together with his AC40, like a Vox. Hmm. So this is an, you know, an approximation of my main rig. I love Blackface Fender and Vox together. Hey, and let's talk about this pedal board. This is a really unusual <laughs> lineup, man. It's, yeah. 
Yeah, okay. So the board itself is the coolest part. Uh, it's this company from Germany called Schmidt Array. It looks kind of German, doesn't it? It's very engineered. Yeah. You know, very German engineering. Yeah. What's funny is the guy is a British guy who moved to Germany. Huh. His name is Smith, like me, but he changed the company to Schmidt so it would sound German. Because he wanted that same reaction you just gave. That's, that's great. Anyways, he came to a show. I was on tour in Germany and brought a board slightly larger than this, which actually Travis, our bass player, has. Um, and I saw it and was just blown away because it's two-tiered. There's stuff underneath that top tier. And it's small enough to carry on the plane like nothing, you know? Right. So I used that one for going on three years. And then he came out with this little teeny one, and it was almost a challenge of how much could I squeeze into this little board. <laughs> God, and it's is... so great. I mean, I just put the lid on it, pick it up, carry it through. It looks like a typewriter. Yeah. Sometimes people say George Foreman grill because it's got an <laughs> aluminum cover. And I love that crazy handle. That is just oh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, cool. I, I always want to get the uh, handcuffs and handcuff myself <laughs> to it like I'm walking through the airport right. with the football, the yeah. nuclear football. Yeah, <laughs> That's perfect. Okay, so... Let's start from your whole signal flow. How do okay. you go in and... and uh, so on this board, normally I have the wah in the middle of pedals, yeah. but it's always off the board. But on this board, because it's so compact, my options were a little more limited, so I just plugged the wah in front. And that's just what Crybaby is This that? is the reissue uh, Clyde McCoy Cry, oh, yeah, Crybaby. Sure. Okay. Uh, it's a really good one. Um, this is what it sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like a wah that, that, you know, can still do shaft and do funk. Like, yeah. the, the trend now is to get these wahs that are only great for soloing. Yeah. But it's like, no, I, I need the funk. Right, you know? right. Yeah. yeah, that's so great, man. And uh, normally I like to have it after some dirts, like after the fuzzes, but before overdrive, so I can get the Hendrix thing or the Stevie thing. Yeah. But on this board, it's just in the front because yeah. of size. Yeah, know? sounds fabulous. Okay. So it goes from there into the board, which has the little interface on the back of the board. And then it goes to a, a looper that's inside. I have a little Morningstar five loop true bypass thing cool. that's controlled with this Morningstar MIDI controller. Right. And I'm a major proponent of the looping system, not just for ease of you know programming, things like that, but also for the tonal purity. I like when no pedals are on to really be like it's plugged straight into the amp. Right. Uh, I'm not a big buffer fan. Um, I just like, I'm, my whole rig is, and the strings and the guitars, everything is designed around like eliminating compression because I want maximum dynamics in, oh. my, in my sound. I want to do it with ease, you know? That's great. So that's We're, part of it. Which is totally opposite the trend of modern recording. Yeah. That just yeah. smashes everything. Well, yeah, I want to have all the range available to me right. so I can choose what to do with it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So. Mo you'll see as we go through this, most of the pedals are literally picked for those reasons to conform to that, you know, idea. So anyways, we go into the looper, and then the first loop is this Mythos Argonaut, hmm. which is a clean octave pedal. Oh, now, cool. I used to use a pedal called the Love Pedal Believe. I still have it on other boards. This is similar to that, like the old Dan Armstrong Green Ringer with no knobs or anything. One of those ones you used to plug in oh, right on the jack. Yeah, yeah, so right. it's really a ring modulation. But it sounds like an Octavia without the fuzz. So here's what it sounds like. Oh, right? That's correct. Yeah. So I like this compared to an Octavia because number one, you can play bridge pickup and it doesn't take your head off. You can play down the neck. Can almost chord 
you know, Octavia is so fi you know finicky. You got to right. play strat, neck pickup above the tenth fret. This lets me do these other different things with it, and then I can combine it with other pedals when I want to get the Octavia sound. Yeah. So that's what a cool, what a cool sound. Yeah, it's, it's really hard great. to identify. Like. Uh, you know, it's hard to say what that is. Exactly. Yeah. So, but like if I stack it, for instance, the next pedal is my fuzz. So if I hit it with that, it'll be much more Octavia. But if I hit it with the Chula, which is my main pedal, then it gets its own thing. Yeah, so I like it because I can combine it. Okay, cool. Okay, so let's talk about your uh, your fuzz and that other drive. Okay, that you just went through. Well, let's go. Well, um, actually, yeah, we're we're skipping around. So after after that pedal, where where do you hit next? Next goes the fuzz, okay. uh, which is the pedal I designed in collaboration with Vemaram from Japan. It's called the Myriad Fuzz, mm. and um, it's germanium and silicon in one pedal. You can bias the silicon on the out—I mean, the germanium on the outside—and then you can lean it towards the germanium or the silicon. And it also has extreme amount of volume, so that it remains uh, dynamic. You know what I mean? Because a lot of fuzzes, when you turn them on, fuzz face-inspired pedals sound quiet. Yeah. You know, and it's hard to get them to cut in a band right. situation. So this pedal was designed for the live musician. It's really versatile and really loud, as you heard when I yeah. just turned it on. Yeah. Yeah, there was no missing that. But but you know, it cleans up still. Like, like I said, everything on here is really, you know, selfishly to made to work for me and, and that those constraints of having a lot of headroom and yeah. getting rid of the compression and keeping the dynamics. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Particularly in a three-piece like this, yeah. you really have a great canvas to do what you want. Well, yeah, and we move around a lot. Of, yeah. You know, obviously you see I like a lot of styles of music yeah, yeah. and, you know, while I'm, it's all blues-based, yeah. I like everything. So. Yeah. I want, I always just want to be able to go where I want to go without something getting in my way, yeah. you know, yeah. Cool. So okay. that, that's the fuzz. Um, then it hits the Love Pedal Chula, which is this white pedal here. And just like this guitar, if you've seen me in the last 15 years, it's been 99% that pedal. Okay. That is my sound. Uh, and again, it's so simple, the first side has no knob. You just turn it on, and uh, so here's direct, and here's the first side of the Chula. If I lighten up my tack, you know, it's almost like it's not there. But if I dig in, it's just a really dynamic pedal. It has, it, it, it's also dependent on amps with some headroom. Sure. You know, if you plug it in in your bedroom in a really small amp, it'll sound bright and not like it has any gain at all, you hmm. know, so. So do you find yourself leaving that on for the most 98 part? 98% of the time. Okay, cool. But that's also another reason that the fuzz is so loud, because when I would turn it off to go to the fuzz, I was finding every fuzz wasn't as loud as the Chula, because the Chula right. has such a loud boost, and I needed something that kept up, really. Right, right, okay, cool. And then and the, the second side of it is basically, 
just giving you a knob instead of preset. Mm. So I set it to be a slight boost. It's really switching to an, another one. So when I switch over, it's just a little more. But it's actually a bias knob. You're biasing the transistor hotter. Oh, or cool, yeah. cool. Okay, and what's after that? After that is the Duelist. Um, it's actually called the Soloist. It's half of the King Tone Duelist pedal. It's underneath the deck. And if you want to hear that, we should change to the Strat. Yeah, yeah. by all means. Yeah, love it. Okay, so we're in Strat land. We're in Strat land. So now we're going to turn on what's called the Soloist. It's half of Jesse Davey from King Tone's Duelist pedal, which yeah. has a Tube Screamer side and a Blues Breaker side. But I found I was always using only the Tube Screamer side. Yeah. It's the best Tube Screamery pedal I've ever heard without question. Okay. And uh, so here's straight in with the Strat. And here's the Duelist. The Strat was a good idea. <laughs> that is so SRV, man. It that just is... it puts you right in that. And you would have to be so prohibitively loud to get that sound well, any no, other way. Normally, I'm way louder than that. But you cannot get that sound without the air. No, you need yeah, to be pushing yeah. air. And, yeah. and the strings, and it all adds up to that. I mean, when yeah. people ask you, oh, how, how can I get that Stevie Ray Vaughan sound yeah. you know, with a Hot Rod DeVille or a Prince yeah. It's like, you cannot. You, know? <laughs> you can approximate that sound, yeah, yeah. but the air is more than half of the battle. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, man, that was dead. I mean, you're a great player. But you just oh, nailed it there, man. Thanks. Okay, well, what's, what's next? From there, it goes to the TC Flashback Mini. Sure. Which is my main slapback. Yeah, great, um, let's hear that thing. I have a tone print that I did for them that has two different slaps, and this is oh, the main cool. one. It's barely there. But like with the Chula and the slap, that's pretty much it. It pops a little more with that chill on. You, what? Yeah. Yeah, you hear a little yeah, more. Yeah, when I have the other pedals, it's a very slight slap. Yeah. You know, it's really just a little ambience. Give me some, some And vibe. you're running the verb on the, the super verb is pretty. From the super, yeah. yeah, pretty hot. So, and that's part of the reason I love the two amps. One has the verb built in, one is dry. They And the same thing, the black face with the Vox, they stack together in a special way. Right. Where, you know, this is scooped mid range and yeah. this has that broken glass thing. I run the Vox a little slightly dirty. Yeah. And when you turn a pedal on in front of two amps completely different like that, oh. it makes things so wide. And they react so differently. So different. It's funny how like, like some overdrives might really push one amp and not the other one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it just makes, you know, it just makes things more exciting. It's not always right. about volume to use two amps. Yeah. It's about like, heft yeah yeah, I mean? yeah 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 okay very cool all right so what's next from there it goes to this specular tempest which i use as like my long delay if i just need you know a longer delay i program that sound to be kind of like i like the echo rec a lot i have that on most of my pedal boards and this is just an extra delay that pedal does a lot more and it's new to me so yeah. i haven't dove in 100 percent yet yeah. Yeah, okay. and it's the same thing. I like the delay subtle, where it doesn't come out unless I'm playing. 
Josh, that is killer, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, so good. Okay, love it. What's what's next? From there, it goes lastly to the Eventide H9, which has completely been indispensable for me since the day it came out. Okay, so are you getting? I know that these have so much in them, but so most players them. find like a few cool things. Well, it depends. For my thing, yes, there's a few things that I use. Yeah. But when I do sessions, which is a lot, yeah. it's the most important pedal I have because yeah, yeah. it does everything. Not only that, everything it does sounds good, and it's incredibly easy to control. You can have your phone, your iPad, you can have it on your music stand. So there's no bending down or right. turning around to my right. It's all yeah, right, right there. there. Easy. So if a producer says to me, I need that Andy Summers flange thing, I got yeah, it. Like, wait you a minute. I mean? uh, yeah, yeah. And, and it's not a lot of hassle to get to either. But in the heat of battle on stage, in the heat of battle you got on stage, I've got my thing, and the main thing I use it for is my Leslie sound, well, uh, which is killer, dude. Yeah. Now that's a sound that I programmed pretty in depth. Yeah. And jumped in. Can, and can you uh, can you control the speed of that? I can. Yeah. I don't do it so much with this board. With my bigger board, I have a bigger MIDI controller, okay. and I, I have fast and slow and sure. stop and, yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but this is a preset people literally email me almost daily yeah. asking me to give them. Yeah, that's great, man. But I use reverbs, delays, choruses, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. From yeah. It. Yeah. It's a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, that's great. And so every pedal literally is run through the looper. Uh, well, the loop thing in here, again, size. So this only had five loops, and they're all mono. So all the drives up, up until the TC are in, are in the loops. Okay. And then the H9 and the Specular Tempest are after it, so okay. that I can come out of those in stereo to the two amps. Okay, so the and Morningstar loop yeah. runs all that other jazz into those final two, and Correct. those two are out of the loop. Yep. Quiet, yeah. man. Yeah, and I can bypass the H9 via MIDI. Yeah. This one I buy. I can do it this with this one too, but I wanted to keep six six buttons, right. six for each main pedal. You know, I can set it up however I want, but that's the way I have it. The set economy it. of it all is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's great. Uh, what cables are you using? I use these sinusoid cables from Seattle. Okay, um, they're tremendous. They call this model the Slate, and uh, you know, they're just. I like very flat, balanced cables. I don't want height. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the trend with all these expensive cables, which are some of them are really great. Yeah. But you plug them in, and at first you think it's, oh my God, look what I've been missing. Yeah. All this high end comes back, but it can be a trick a little bit. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's pushing your signal through with with no capacitance at all. Yeah. And it's not the most natural thing, I don't think. It's know? not like the records they hear grown up. That yeah. too. You know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking for in everything, like I said, to retain my dynamics. Yeah. And have a balanced flat tone, you know, yeah. so that, again, whatever I use, you're hearing the best of that, you know, yeah. nothing gets in the way. What what picks do you use? I use these gravity picks, um, so they're acrylic, Yeah. Uh, one, they're like the fender heavy shape, 1.1 millimeter 1 .1. fender heavy. And you um, and you use your fingers quite a bit as well. I hybrid pick everything, Yeah. You know, so it's all, always picking fingers. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, strings. What? 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 Uh, we heard the gauge, but what? What? Uh, yeah, they're they're made by Gabriel Tenorio in Los Angeles. It's huh. called the Gabriel Tenorio String Company, GTS. Hmm. Um, he's an amazing one-man shop. 
Wow. And he winds every string by hand. <laughs> really? And he's obsessive about things like string tension. Huh. So he'll he'll really mess around with what the wrap is versus what the core is. Wow. These are also pure nickel, hmm. which I really, really prefer the sound of pure nickel. They don't last quite as long. How long do, how long do they last you? Well, I'm I'm the guy that likes new strings. So yeah, yeah. like on the telly, I'll change every gig. Yeah. So if I have these two guitars, I'll change one per night. I'll rotate, you know yeah. what I mean? But um, the pure nickel makes such a big difference with the magnets. And you gotta think, again, like you were saying, every record we heard growing up, oh. those guys were using pure nickel that strings with their pick. I mean, they react better magnetically yeah. than stainless steel strings. Do. Yeah, so. yeah, that's that's cool. And it looks like these are the same frets as your other one. They right? are, Stumac ones. I have that on every guitar. Yeah. I really find that they split the difference where there's comfortable on a Gibson, on a Fender, whatever, yeah. they work for me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very cool. Well, Josh, man, loved hearing you play, dude. Thank just, you, man. Just slaying it. I appreciate it. So man. thanks for joining us, and uh, till next time.